I'ma say what I feel And I promise to keep it real Welcome to the Red Room Diminishing the doubts are behind ya It's hard to grind in the business Got me stressed in the rent room We let that shit up off our chest You know the street nerds Got no time for no caca Sass in class Yes, that's Mr. Bolakaja Never have to guess When you're listening to Hilliard He gon' bring more game Than a shark playing billiards It's all about the crap of screenwriting It's exciting when you turn an outline Into something enlightening You're pinning words All like bullets in a gun Write what you feel Say what you want Welcome to the rent room What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Hilliard Guest, and you guys are listening to the Screenwriter's Rant Room, where we keep it real, we keep it opinionated, we keep it what, everybody? Black, Black Panther's, Panther's Quest. Quest. For y'all, for those of y'all who ain't watching the show on uh, Disney's XD, <laughs> our homeboy, uh, Jeff Thorne was a showrunner on the, on the show, so y'all need to be checking that out. It's a good show, a little action, got all kind of things going on up in there. Much different than the movie, mm-hmm. which is yeah, great, way and much different way than the comics, so that's great, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, much kudos to Jeff for... Um, just bringing it. Yeah. And just, as, mm-hmm. as he likes to say, he came to play. He did. He did. So y'all know how we do it on the Rant Room. <clears throat> on the show, we discuss entertainment, TV, film, music, culture. But our focus is always screenwriting, stories, craft, and shit like that. So Lisa is out. Uh, she was supposed to come today. Yeah, I'm going to put her on blast. <laughs> uh, anyway, I guess she'll be back soon. What's wrong with Lisa? I don't know. She got the vapors or some shit. Hey, she must be. <laughs> can you feel it? Look, because nothing can save her. Because it's the season. They're catching the vapors. Know the words, but. See, y'all kids this, today don't know don't the original know, shit. I just. <laughs> I, she got the vapors, the vapors, the vapors. The, remember that? I got time what I'm going to do. I'm, let me start to rhyme for you now. You know I got bars. I, I know now. Anyway, so we got my man sitting in with us, uh, the young writer himself, Jasani Drew. Oh, What's up, Jasani? I was practicing that before I came in. I had to make sure my tongue rolls were on point. Kids today be doing some crazy <laughs> ass shit. They be dabbing on you in the middle of nothing. The tongue I know, right? I used to dab at work, too. Like, whenever something I did good or, like, I was had a good customer, I would dab right after. What are tongue rolls for? Oh, Yeah, well, explain that shit. This is not... Sunny. Like that? Oh, oh, okay, 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 but, but, but do you know, do you know, do you know? Chris, Chris, you, Chris, my man was practicing doing exactly. this. Exactly. Like, <laughs> like, you shouldn't even be practicing that. You need to know how to roll your tongue because you take a foreign language and you know how to roll your tongue. Exactly. It's a skill, okay? That everyone has it. It's a Spanish people talk. Look, look, exactly. look, look, if you, if you mm. want to speak a romance language, <laughs> Italian, Spanish, right. French, Portuguese. Mm. Or call it beat. You have to Did you just snap the yes. tongue, too? Wow. I was, I, I've been wow. in a really, like, noise wow. morning. Can you, can you been, not do it on the damn tape? It's just going to be popping like a motherfucker. <laughs> I'm sorry for anyone. I just yeah, duffed. silly. Um, anyway, but so what you been up to, Jasani? How's things? Uh, things are good. Since the last time we talked to you. Since the last time I finished what I called my vomit draft okay. of my um, my pilot, good, good. which I'm really happy about. <laughs> so I'm learning about rewriting. Mm-hmm. Um, because before, my rewriting was just what sounded bad. Let me just do it. Let me just change it. And then let me see if it works. But now I started to look into 
uh, other ways of rewriting, like how do professionals do it and what is rewriting to everybody else. So now I actually feel a lot more confident and a lot more excited to rewrite because now I'm seeing that there's a whole um, different fra- phases of it of, you know, what do I want to see? And, and, I, and I think it's because now, you know, as you learn more and more about the craft, you start to learn what is missing and what isn't. Yeah. <clears throat> so you start to, you know, like I, Chris and I always talk about, you know, screenwriting to me is, is, is a puzzle. You know, so you're putting this puzzle together. So you're just literally watching this thing on the screen, you know, become this image of something that with all these little pieces, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So and, and when you're rewriting, you're putting all those pieces and now you're making them move so that actually it turns into a beautiful puzzle. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It yeah. might have just been like an okay puzzle. Exactly. <laughs> now you're adding trees and, and grass and waterfalls and yeah. shit. Oh, shit. And I know how to now, which was the part that makes me excited because right. I didn't know how. I just was like, oh, this just doesn't sound good. Let me just tell everybody, show everyone else. But now I can look at it and well, be like, let me ask you a question. So when you say something doesn't sound good, you know, like what doesn't, like what are you saying? Are you talking about dialogue? dialogue? Or what you, or? Uh, I would say, like sometimes I don't know how it feels or the pacing Um, or I wouldn't know if this is landing correctly or if they're getting it or Mm -hmm. if they're getting it on the level I want them to get it okay yeah well well, okay we can Mm -hmm. talk about this a little bit yeah um um you know so so the main you know so the main job and and this is always a trick and you never know until until someone else reads it, so you, so you always got to have someone like like bench test it. Mm-hmm. Is how clear are you with the idea? And exactly. If you have like like you said like if, if they're getting it as much as you want, that that means you have a really deep idea that you need to be able to present in a way that's clear, mm-hmm. but still not like um, like like poorly designed. Yeah, exposition yeah. heavy. Or and mm-hmm. um, I mean, it's interesting. You know, like rewriting. Have I said the thing about the the, the, the three steps, the rewriting? You might have. Let's bring it back, though. Bring it back. So, okay, so, <clears throat> like, this is a process that you that people can do to rewrite. I, this is what I do, is that I go through the draft three times, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I go through it one time. And th- I mean, I do this, this a lot. In, in when you're working on it in the script on phase? The, yeah. In the, like, yeah. on the computer? Like on the computer, okay. yeah. Well, I print it out, and I get three pens. I get a green pen, I get a red pen, and I get a blue pen. And I get the and and it just doesn't matter which no does, there's no significance to the colors is what I have. But I take the green <coughs> pen out and I say this is my action draft. And okay. all I do is read the action lines. Don't read any dialogue mm-hmm. ever. That's just smart. Action lines and and look at how all that is reading. And I think about it in a way that it's like, you know. Is this conveying? Like, it's a lot. You got to look at. Is the sentence working right to tell me what I want to do? You know, there's a lot of ways about like you know to construct sentences. You know, like is is the power of the sentence going to be like like the last word or the first word? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it's it, it should never be the power shouldn't really be in the middle of a sentence. It got to be you know. Um, so then you, I go through and just and, and just do all the action to make sure that that's that's really like 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 moving well. It's you know it reads well. I'll read it out loud a lot to myself and kind of like the pacing and everything like that that I wanted to read in. Mm-hmm. Even though like no one's gonna hear that, mm-hmm. it's just it lets me know that emotionally I'm doing it. Right. Then I put the green pen down. I pick up the red pen and I just do the dialogue. 
you know, because it's like that's a, diff- super it's a different mindset to look <laughs> at how the language works on the page right. for dialogue and action. Because, you know, as we talk about all the time with, the, with, you know, like with the action, it's like you don't want to have those one or two words on like the third line right. of each other make it two lines. And you got to go back and like and, and repuzzle that around mm-hmm. yeah. to make it fit for two lines only. That's a whole different, that's a whole different mm-hmm. like, that's a whole different mindset than trying to make the dialogue sing like oh does this sound real for him does it sound real for the intention of the character is it moving the story along and then let's get the expositional aspect of it out um now what let me just ask you this and you're talking about that what what are you looking for when you do your your dialogue pass specifically well okay so this is one of the things that you can do because because i use this program called fade in Mm mm-hmm me too. And I think you can do this on Final Draft, but I haven't used Final Draft since Final Draft 6, so I don't oh, know. Wow, you've been out for a minute. Yeah. Um, there's this thing called Dialogue Tuner, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Dialogue Tuner will bring up all the dialogue like, of that one character. Yeah. You know, and, and you can also put, I think you could, I think you, same thing you could do on Final Draft, because you do it on there, I think when you print out the sides, you can right. do the sides, just right. like the dialogue of that person. Yeah. And so then I'm just trying to think about, okay, is, and, and the dialogue passage is usually, a really difficult pass because I'm saying to myself, okay, like one is what is being said necessary to move that scene along, you know. And I'm always thinking about whose scene is it. So if it's so if it, I'm having a conversation with me and Hilliard, and it's Hilliard's scene, then every line of dialogue that Hilliard says has to be the active dialogue, like the 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 mm-hmm. like, like pushing the scene along. And then what mm-hmm. I'm saying is not necessarily like, it's not necessarily like like it's reactive, but it's designed in a way to say something to, so that he can push the next line to get to push the scene. Yeah. And then I'm thinking mm-hmm. about okay, like what's that thing that everybody wants in the scene? You know, like what do I want and what does Hilliard want? And what happens if he doesn't get it? What happens if if, if I don't get what I want? Mm-hmm. And then there's the decision that you know that every scene has to it, it has to do so, like it has, to, it has to answer that he already gets what he wants, or I get what I want, which makes him mad, or or we both don't get what we want, mm-hmm. and it put, and, and and it's left as a pause that 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 moment has to be resolved sometime later. But that's yeah. now leaving tension in the story because it's like, well, they didn't get to resolve that moment. We got to fucking deal with that shortly. I was or, also, if you don't mind, I was also going to say it also gives you <clears throat> your script should have highs and lows. So it might start on a high moment with my character being upset, and in the end, I'm happy, right. for example. Right. You know what I mean? So it started high and it ended up you know, in a soft spot, but now he's angry. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? Right. <clears throat> so there's a reversal sometimes, you know you, what I mean? Well, yeah, you have to think about the charge of the, that's the, charge of the scene. Like, is the scene a positive charge for Hilliard? Because it's his scene, and you, yeah. you, 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 you got to decide whose scene it is. Yeah, who's driving. Yeah, yeah. and you know, if it's a positive charge for him... In the beginning of the scene, then it's got to be a negative charge for him at the end of the scene. It yeah, doesn't, it doesn't matter what I mean. And even if he wins what he wants in the scene, that's the negative charge because that's the dynamic of the scene. You know, the dynamic. So, so that's one thing that I, I mean, you say. Yeah. Uh, I, what about if you have a scene that isn't, uh, I guess, a charge? Not a, not a charge, but like if there are two friends talking or. <clears throat> like one in one of my scenes, uh, they both have a loss, and they both uh, two of the characters come together. Um, I mean, there, yeah, maybe, there, maybe one chooses to put their stuff away to help the other, though. Okay, you know what I mean? Yeah, something like that. <clears throat> it's, it's, yeah. a, it's a little, it's yeah. little choices. Yeah. Instead of them going through the exact same thing, they 
the character will sacrifice their own feelings to make sure you're okay. Right. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? It's like oh, little I mean, you know, and, and, and you could do something. I mean, the thing you can do in a way is, again, it's like if in that situation, let's say it's Tony and I, and it's his movie. And but we get into that scene, and then like, and then we both have loss, and then the way it plays out, he lets me, you know, go through my loss in right. that scene. That means that like he, that I mean his is still festering, and he can't get it out to the person he wanted to. So then the next time you see him, he's probably going to let that like unresolved like emotion charged emotion explode on the next person that he sees and i was also thinking that sometimes it works really well when that character was coming to them to reveal i lost whatever the hell it is right and in the midst of it discovers that they had an issue and doesn't tell them at all right oh yeah you know what i mean yeah yeah well yeah well yeah yeah because there's this see that's the thing too that that's like you know it's this whole thing about when you're writing stuff you don't ever want to let the um, the audience get ahead of the characters mm-hmm. because then you know you know if the audience knows things that the characters don't know yet for too long, a couple scenes maybe, th- then the yeah. audience is like <clears throat> upset because like yeah. motherfucker make the right decision or <clears throat> right. make the wrong decision. Um, <laughs> like they, like Black Bull's doing a horror movie, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So you know, so, you know, so 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 that's something I do, and and then I sit around and and then I'm thinking about you know this whole thing I do a lot when I'm looking at the lines and I'm saying, um, a like what's the intention? Like what's the underlying intention of a line? Like I'll like I'll write a line I'll, and I'll write to the left of it. I'm trying to if a scene's not working to me, I'll, I'll say you know he's trying to aggravate her like with this line, and you know and mm-hmm. and, and I try to figure out like a and, uh, like. And I say that's the purpose of this line for him. So, so how does he do it? Depending on what the scene and, is, about. and how does he do it without using all kind of parenthetical, like parenthetical, right. yeah, you know, and like <clears throat> cursing, and you know, and maybe and maybe to aggravate her, it's like, you know, to be more specific because you're trying to figure out what is going to work for an actor. It's like he's got to put her down, like he's dogging her in a way. But depending depending on how, if he needs her for something, he can't like super dog her. He's got to like dog her in a very kind of mm-hmm. like you know like yeah. like fun or playful way. Um, and so I'm doing that, you know, going through. And then the last pass of the dialogue scene is: is this in the voice? Of that character, like, yeah. is it the right language that he's going to use? Is it the right, and and by that language, I mean, it's like, is is, is that the right word choices? Mm-hmm. You know, because and, and are they using the same word too often? Right, right. But you know, and this and then mm-hmm. sometimes you might say, oh, well, you know, like some people have ticks, mm-hmm. and then you got to make or sure, ism. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, you got to make sure that that he or she does that like enough to make it like it's part right. of their character. Mm-hmm. You know, there's like a friend of mine that my brother and I know. And when he's talking, he always says, he'll always say this, that, and the other. <laughs> when he's talking, you know, I know exactly he what always does about. that. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I mean, he just pops in. And he, yeah, so we so we, we were sitting over there, and she was doing this, that, and the other, and we came in, and and I was like, and he'll do that mm-hmm. all the time, and it's <laughs> it's funny. And then you say, oh, if I could figure out that kind of ism, like in my character, you can't like do it in every scene because then it do, it seems yeah. like inauthentic. But you got to find the times to right. make that play, and it's it's the same thing when. Say you give a character like somebody who has a stutter. <clears throat> like I see this in young young writers with scripts all the time. I'm like, well, he has a stutter, so every other line he starts like, no, you just paint it like like every once in a while you hear it, just to remind us that he has a stutter. 
let the character play that, but you write it normally, and every once in a while you give us a little ism that shows us, oh, yeah, yeah, he has that stuff. I forgot about that. Right. You know yeah, what I right. mean? You don't have to do it every other line, every other line. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah. To do that kind of like, st- 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 right. You know, in the yeah. beginning. Well, here's <laughs> something. Here's something that um, here's something that Vince Gilligan did in Breaking Bad, mm-hmm. Ace in the Pilot. I don't know. I haven't seen any other scripts. That's, if um, y'all ain't read Breaking Bad, shoot yourself. What's the guy's name? Uh, Walt Junior. Mm-hmm. Uh, Walt. Jr., so yeah. Walt Junior talks. Um, Who really is? Uh, what what was this handicap? Uh, multiple sources. Yeah, he really has. He has something like that. Yeah. He really has. It. Yeah, mm-hmm. but the thing is that in the script, you know, he didn't know that that he was going to cast. Was I mean, he was smart to cast someone actually had that. Right. But in the yeah. script, what he does is there's no spaces between the words when when Walt Junior talks. Mm. So if he said "Hi, Dad, how are you?" Then between hi and dad and how and are you, he's got double dashes between right. each thing. So he knows it's like there's some sort of affected speech the mm-hmm. whole time. Oh, okay. So I was like, oh, that's interesting because mm-hmm. it allows the actor to figure out some some way to to, to make it a troubled speech mm-hmm. impediment um, without having to do this you know, SS, in the, you, know, right, dash, right. you know, to make it kind of like to, to falsify that mm-hmm. thing. Because a lot of times when people stutter, they don't stutter on the beginning of words. Right. It, it's, uh, it's always <clears throat> towards the end. It's toward the end, or it could be certain certain letters chip them up yeah. more than anything mm-hmm. else. You know, it might be a W, might be a, a B know, is a, a big B, one. But, you know, yeah. whatever it is. Like mm-hmm. they, so, so that's something you can do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? So, so that's, oh, Go ahead. Go oh, ahead finish it so off. that's how I do the dialogue draft. Mm-hmm. And I put down the red pen, mm-hmm. pick up the blue pen, mm-hmm. and I read. No, that's what I was getting to. What's the, what's the third pen. one? So then I go, I read through, <laughs> looking at theme. Yeah, looking at various themes mm-hmm. of you know. I mean, and a lot of times you might have more than one theme, right. like in the script. But then you read through it and you go, okay. But you need that one overall theme, to, right. to make sure oh, that it all oh, makes yeah, sense. Oh, exactly. Right. Yeah, but but yeah, so. I mean, and let's say there's just like a single theme. You mm-hmm. want to go through your script and look at scenes and say, did I, you know, like do the theme in this scene the right way? Mm-hmm. You know, and and you might sit and again, I'm going to talk about Breaking Bad, but it's like if you read that pilot, there's a lot of scenes where there might not be anything that's said that's about the theme. Mm-hmm. And some of the actions that he'll do aren't thematic. Per se, but the way he'll describe how like Walt is sitting, like he or he'll add these little like body language, yeah, these body languages or like these writerly asides to the to what's going on. That's it's creating the scene. I mean, because in Breaking Bad, Mm -hmm. like like you know, the show is about a guy who starts off um, as a wimp. And he's basically emasculated. Yeah, and there's all this stuff in the script that is like telling you that stuff. That's like you know the moment when the guy is, um, you know, like when Walt in the beginning when Walt is he has to fucking uh, he's he's got to wash the the tires of the mm-hmm. of, of his student's car, and it's kind of like the way he writes. Mm-hmm. I mean, so, you know, look, the student is laughing at him, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But there's something that happened. I remember it's like the student. The student is laughing. The jock. It's the jock who he had chastised right. Right. in the, the, jock in the class before. Mm-hmm. And the girl tells and, and, her friend. Yeah, but mm-hmm. and, and the girl's on the phone. But it's like, but but the girl on the phone. That's not written as like dialogue. It is, but the next line afterwards yeah, is. Not, yeah. It's like this language of, about you know. 
and, and and it's like and he feels this self recrimination. Mm-hmm. Something it's not that it, but it, it was, it's that's in there. You yeah, know? and it's like uh, and that's all throughout the script and just every scenes mm-hmm. to let you feel like. He's um, make you sympathize. Yeah, for him. he's fucked yeah. up, mm-hmm. and it, it, it was a great part that I don't even remember the pilot. But it's like he's driving his car and it's through some underpass, and it's mm-hmm. like yeah, it says, it says this part where it's like um, um, uh, it says overhead, it says the arrow shot looking straight down, and 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 and, 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 it's, and it says his car looks like an ant, mm-hmm. and he uses the word, and his car is like trundling along, mm-hmm. and trundling is such a great word to use because it sounds like. You know, it sounds like the, the it's a raggedy car. It's a raggedy <laughs> yeah. car, and it's, uh, and it's the little engine that could. Mm-hmm. And it's like that's sweet yeah. word choice right. to help you get into the mood that he's painting. Yeah, yeah. And stuff like that is all the stuff you got to do to kind of like and that's the theme draft, you know. Mm-hmm. And and a lot of times you say to yourself, "Well, look, a, a lot of different people in the script might have something else going on." So so their scenes might have something else that that you're trying to like a, 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 like adjust. It sounds like to me you're doing two things though. When you're doing your theme pass, you're also doing your character pass. Because now you're layering it with more character. For example, <clears throat> yeah. just, just hearing yeah. you talk about the Vince Gilligan example, right, in Breaking Bad, sounds like when he went back through it and did his pass, because you can't be that good without coming back and do a pass you like do that. do a lot of passes. You got to do you gotta a lot. You know what I mean? So, that so ain't well no first drop. No. Oh, hell no. <laughs> no, no. It's too well constructed. You know what I mean? Um... When somebody like that would go back to do a pass, it feels like they're going back and coloring, going, wait a minute, he's not just driving under this underpass. I need you to feel this moment. You, you feel yeah, me? Yeah, dude, so you, that's coloring it's, it's, that well, character yeah, well, moment. Exactly, you know I mean? because, you know, the theme of, you know, the, the, the overarching theme of a pilot of a film is the main, like, that's the... Uh, that's the mirror of the character's journey. Right. So it's so it's it's got to do that. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I mean that. It's theme, usually what they want. Yeah, it's what they know? want. I mean, like like that theme is informing mm-hmm. what the characters the characterization and and, and this would be you to kind of figure out how do I put this. I mean, it's interesting because like you fucking read it. And some of that language that Vince uses, you're like, they're not shooting this. They mm-hmm. don't know how. This is not a way. This is not a, a means to shoot this right. because it's it's those unfilmables per se. Mm-hmm. But it creates an atmospheric mood that everybody who's reading that script understands. So when uh, when Brian Cranston picks that script up and gets it, he's like. Uh, right. Now I know how to inform every scene mm-hmm. in a way. I don't make this guy like like sit around with like his shoulders slump like some little bitch. Mm-hmm. But I know that he's <laughs> fucking hurt inside and dealing with it. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, in, in a way that's it's because it, it's you know it's like with people say all this stuff about screenplays aren't supposed to be read and everything like that, and they're not. But it's like they're not supposed to be published per se. But they are. But the audience for the screenplay is not the audience that's watching the show. It's the talent you want to get on board, mm-hmm. and that's where you're saying, "Oh, well, the minute that fucking Brian Cranston reads this, he's gonna want to do it." Right. And it's the big difference between like the so-called B movie and the um, uh, and the A prestige movie or whatever it is that the, the, you know, movie wise. I don't know why I do this with television, but it's like those B movies and cult films and stuff like that. They don't have 
deep themes. Death wish. You know, yeah. You know, I mean, I mean, I mean it's so explicit, like <clears throat> revenge and shit like that. You, you, you know, it's, it's so explicit. So it's so it's the theme Death is, wish nine. Yeah. <laughs> he rose it's, from the dead. Yeah. So it's kind of like so you say this stuff. It's like the theme is so like it's 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 more it's not personal what happens to him is personal mm-hmm. but the theme is not so personal so mm-hmm. then what happens in those movies is that it's interesting in a way because what happens in those movies is that the filmmaker he's taking like a bunch of his own kind of like idiosyncrasies and he's applying that to the to that script and it's all like a visual thing because mm-hmm. like when people talk about like the, the 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 these cult directors and their old films and things like that or, or Tarantino's always talking about these movies in the 60s and 70s that he's loved it's like those movies don't have deep themes but they have this there's this there's this there's there's a visual language that's so specific to those that that's what you know like that those guys have brought to it mm-hmm. and that's the difference between like a, a big you know a film and a B film. I mean to me it's one of the differences because the the a film has got those same visual things that are all tied to the theme of the movie right. you know <clears throat> exactly but, exactly so um, I was just thinking about how so just to recap so you do your action. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pass. pass, red pen. You do your dialogue pass, mm-hmm. green, and then pen. you do your theme, theme pass. pass. Yeah, blue okay, pen, yeah. that's good. And then I'll sit it out to people to read, mm-hmm. or I'll read it. You know, or after that, I'll get it and read it myself, the mm-hmm. whole thing through, and then see, oh, where's something bumping? Because right. once you've gone through all that, you kind of look at it as like, okay, here's the, you know, like the cake that we're gonna, I'm going right. to eat. Mm-hmm. Let me just look at it real quick, and is it, you know, does it smell good? Is it? Does it look moist and shit like that in all mm-hmm. the right places? So I got to put the damn right, you know, the, the icing in the right place. I mean, is the icing all in the right place and stuff like that? Mm-hmm. And you might say, but you can't do that when you're in the middle of making. You got to step back and look right. at it and say, and I usually wait at least two days before I look at it again because, mm-hmm. you know, it might take three, four days to get through this, do all that stuff. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, okay. And like I said, I, this is something that, like, I'm doing um, from a paper draft. I'm not doing it on the computer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, no. and and typically what I do is that like is that once I finish each little pass, like I'll finish the action pass, I'll then take that and go and and, and input those changes. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of times when I'm doing those changes, I'm like, oh, here's another little thing that's right. part of this. Mm-hmm. There's more editing going on at that point for me. Just to <clears throat> I'll see something, you know, that I didn't see before because you know, when you're writing on the page, you might get five or six ideas, and, 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 and to me, like, I'm leaving them all there in the margin, like, oh, this line, this line, oh, maybe this. And then when I go in, in, and put it into the script, I'll see maybe it was another line I hadn't thought about that will work better because yeah. mm-hmm. of how I want it to Sometimes you want to be more concise. Yeah, more concise or, to, uh, you know, <clears throat> just like today, you know, today before I got up, I'm thinking mm-hmm. there's, a, there's a line I have in the script where, where I was like, um, he stares, uh, okay, it's a, it says, his stark scowl. Strangles Sloan's sentence. <laughs> trying to confuse him. Okay. Starts cows. Strangles her because she's talking and he right. shuts her up with a look. Right. right That's right. what I said. And I was like, oh, I can't. And I this then the word sentence was bothering me mm-hmm. like all night. I woke up. I said, it's just be statement. You know, it's like his stark scowl strangles her statement. You know, because he that shuts is, her up in the oh, middle of it. And, and, and it's, it's kind of you know, because she's talking, and then like the and then the last word. 
in her dialogue, mm-hmm. it's like something, that's what pisses him off. And I was like, yeah. well, I can say he shuts it up with a look. Yeah, it's full of tone. You, you um, know, it's but, a tongue twister, but it's full of tone. Yeah. yeah. Well, look, yeah. it's a tongue twister for me to say it out loud, but mm-hmm. when you read it, you're like, oh, okay, it's right, cool, you know? Definitely. Um, yeah, I like it. But I, but you know, but it was bothering me, and I had rewritten it a couple times last night, and I was like, and then it, I just saying, I can't say sentence because sentence is the wrong word mm-hmm. for that. It just bothered me. Then I mm-hmm. said, it could be statement because she is making a statement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and I was, and it's all the s words, so it's all like fucking alliteration, which is another trick that, not a trick, but it, you know, it's one of those like, um, it's those like writerly devices right. that. Are really hard to pull off in screenplays and stuff like that. <laughs> right. Yeah. But but it's just early, kind of early on in my in my script, and I'm trying to set the tone for something, which kind of goes to your mm-hmm. question about you know you're trying to write a dark comedy. And I was mm-hmm. telling you earlier, oh, I'm writing this thing where it's this it's it's a show that's kind of like moonlighting in a sense, the old show of moonlighting with Bruce Willis, <clears throat> not the movie. And I was like, so there's a light breezy tone to that. But it's still a drama. It's not a comedy. So mm-hmm. I'm trying to figure out like how to like get you into that as the as the reader early on. So so that way you understand that the language choices are designed to kind of make you, you you, you know, because I don't want to do a, a procedural type show that's like the procedurals on the air. I, mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm tired of the dark <clears> ones. <throat> so I was like, oh, like how do I be funny or right. clever? Just trying to funny. be like suits or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. I'm trying to be like suits. Yeah, <clears throat> I'm, 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 I'm going to be clever. Right. Yeah. I'm going sh- to show you I'm clever. So how do I do that mm-hmm. like early on in the script? I mean, yeah, I got to make the characters pop like that. But I was like, I can be clever in how I write too because y- you know you the reader are going to recognize that. Oh, he had to like design that. He just not pulling that together so that's something else that you think about too if, if you're jumping genres and you're not yeah I am you know so now you said Jasani you're writing a, a, a genre that you don't usually write what I is it again just it's, for the audience uh, it's a dark comedy um, <clears throat> what's your usual thing well usually I do genre I do like sci-fi I mm-hmm. like drama I do like a little dark um, but I am a funny person when people mm. meet me and <laughs> <laughs> Stop. Only when you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. I am hilarious. <laughs> so, uh, so I'm thinking of like, and even when I did acting, I I, I was better at it. I remember I, uh, in a class we recorded one of those uh, classes where you do a scene and you record and you look back at it. Very serious scene. I was mad as hell. I was like. And this guy next to me was crying when I said like he couldn't hold it together. He was laughing so hard, hmm. and I didn't know if to be upset or. But I was I was a little upset because I was like, "This is supposed to be. This is I'm mad. This is me seriously mad." It's <laughs> like I'm sorry. I don't know why it's so funny, but but it was funny. And so I was thinking like, how would it be if I actually wrote a comedy? Like. Right, right. How would that work if I actually... And some of my characters would be... Like, I usually have a character that's funny that people usually like. So, yeah, I want to try a dark comedy. All right, so let me ask you a question. So, so what are some dark comedies that you like? So I, so I can get kind of like a... a, a, a just a feeling of, of what you're going for. Uh, <laughs> um... It's funny because I... Yeah, is there, I is, there is there a movie or a TV I, show that's inspiring you to want to write this particular genre? Funny enough, American Beauty. Okay. American Beauty is uh, one thing that I like because the, the centric characters mm-hmm. and the funny moments of that. I also... I do like Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Is that a dark comedy? I don't know if it's a dark yeah. comedy. That's a, it's, yeah, I feel I'm like saying, it is. Yeah, yeah, because it's like serious moments and mm. like it's, it's the funniest it's, it's a, thing. It's, yeah, I think it's borderline drama, but it's a comedy. It's a comedy. I think it's like an absurdist comedy. Yeah, def- oh, definitely absurdist. For yeah, sure. I wouldn't yeah. say it's dark, dark. because yeah. you know, see that's what I've, I've I have to think dip it's into. dark, but absurdist is probably a better word. I've seen it's enough of it to really say, but so I've seen them all. But it's yeah. some, that's the good thing about it. From, well, from what I've seen, it, yeah. to, to me, it feels very absurdist, and right. which is great. And right. the absurdist is, like, is, giving him, is giving him the license mm-hmm. to be dark when, it, when he's necessary and then to be you know, as frivolous as fucking possible. And, 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 like and for those of you who hadn't seen it, if you've seen you know, um, Childish Grambino's you know, This Is America video, This Is America. Don't get you slipping yeah. out. People getting shot. Hey. Who didn't see that video? <laughs> but True that. Speaking like. of the absurdist, that's an absurdist video for sure. Oh, totally. Right? Totally. Absolutely. So, so yes. And actually, that video could probably fit right into his show. Yeah. Even with the dancing, that's how crazy his show yeah. is. Yeah. It would surprise you just out the blue. Some yeah. crazy shit would happen. <laughs> you know what I mean? Would, anyway, um, so go ahead. <clears throat> yeah, also Boondocks is another one okay. I like. Um, is that one of your shows? You like that too, don't you? I love that show. Yeah. I love Boondocks, yeah. I don't know it's a dark comedy though. Listen, I have to look up what dark comedies are. <laughs> <laughs> I just like, I, I like situations that you shouldn't be laughing at, but you can't help but laugh yeah, at. Yeah, so it's more set in reality. Yeah. It's not, it's not it's just not like pun, punch, da 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 I like the moment that you're not supposed to be laughing because I'm usually the person who is laughing at things that is not funny. <laughs> like, no, it's funny because you're evil. Because that's me too. Yeah, I'm laughing at shit that's not that, that that's like not politically correctly funny. Yeah, right, right. Because right. because like I remember like I went to see um, Black Klansman mm-hmm. and we I went to the Vista, which is you know over there in um, Los Feliz, mm-hmm. and it's a lot of hipster. I'm telling you, you know, but it's right. a lot of hipsters and stuff like that. And it's, right at sunset, mm-hmm, it's, <laughs> it's, 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 and it was a very white audience. Right. Mm-hmm. And there were some scenes in there that were pretty fucking uncomfortable for white people. Mm-hmm. And I was howling. <laughs> and it was me and another black guy. And, and we were the only black guys who were in the movie. And I was howling at scenes. And I was like, I'm the only guy laughing at this. Yes, no. I, I said to myself, y'all think this is funny, but you're embarrassed to laugh. Because it's going to make you look bad in front of someone else. Because yeah. that shit was funny. Check this out. I went to see 12 Years a Slave. In Scottsdale, at an oh, all shit. white, it was me and my husband at an <laughs> oh. all white, really up. But you know those like mm-hmm. almost like the um, the, the those, landmark, those, or yeah, those expensive where you get to sit back and yes. they bring you champagne yes. and shit. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was like like Who's forty. Who's getting champagne of us? It, 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 <laughs> it was like a hundred seat theater, and it was packed, and it was me <laughs> in there by myself with nothing but old white folks. And everything in there, I was just I, I was just looking around at the faces of these white folks. I was like, these poor. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Because like I saw that at the Fox lot, and uh, a primarily white. I think my brother and I were the only black people there, and we got and when the, when the movie ended, like we were justifiably you know justifiably upset, borderline right. mad. Right. The white, but the white people were like looking down and trying to walk out, and I was like, "There's, there's no one black here for you to really feel ashamed about." Mm-hmm. In the, but you still felt ashamed. Right. And I was like, "And they're not gonna laugh or feel bad about stuff when it's when it's funny for them." I mean, for me, so back to your dark comedy question, it's kind of like, I've, <clears throat> "Have you ever seen uh, Nurse Jackie?" I love. Nurse I Jackie. I actually have. I know I should. That's a, a dark lot of comedy. That's a dark saying, comedy for sure. See, that's a dark comedy. I mean, okay. the situation is not. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, like, to me, a dark comedy is like the situation is pretty much tragic. Mm-hmm. Um, even Shameless to me is a dark comedy, even though it's an hour. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the situation is tragic. Right. They just handle it in ways that are that are funny mm-hmm. because because they, they they make the kind of they make choices that a fucking a fucking comedy person would make. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I mean, there's, there's other dark comedies are like um, what's that movie that Peter Peter Berg's first film about the about the the hooker they killed in Vegas. Oh, that sounds. Um, it's called like. Um, <clears throat> Very bad things. I think it's called very bad okay. things. Like this is like look. It's one of those things that you shouldn't be laughing at. Like a, a dead hooker joke is not really. I mean, it's a joke, but to make a movie work out of it, they they made a movie work out of it. Like like you know, like they yeah. get this hooker at a bachelor party and she gets killed and they're trying to hide it in the wrong way and just you know it's just fucking with them and shit like that. I mean, so um, they're, yeah. look they're, look they're easy they're easier to pull off on TV than in movies because. In a t- television show, like ultimately the character, when bad shit's happening to them or <clears throat> or they're doing bad shit, um, they don't really suffer the consequences because mm-hmm. it's got to mm-hmm. come back the next episode. <laughs> but yeah. in the movie, it's like it's, there's, 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 that finality of it makes it kind of hard to deal. So they're really tough to do in a sense. Um, so you know, I mean, I'm trying to think if there's any other dark comedies. Um, on TV that I remember offhand. Oh, there's a, there's a bunch of them. Yeah. <clears throat> but um, yeah, you just have to figure out you know what your what the Style what what the tone is and mm-hmm. and and that's why I always say you know I've, I've said this on the show many times. <clears throat> you can watch all the shows all day long, but you know we we always go back to the script and 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 you review those scripts and you start to see how they look on the page and if you the more you study them the more you see the patterns the more you see you know how the structure is working you start to see how the format is working and the ones that that work the best for you and you can out of respect to the writer you know take that format you could literally there are there are there are literally gurus in town who tell you straight up if you see a show you like take the format if you're writing a pilot for example and follow that format Mm-hmm. You know, meaning or follow that structure. You know, oh, the round page six, they do this, well, or around he, this, they he, do that. Exactly. Follow that on, structure, on, and it'll on, help you. It, it, yeah, get the, through it exactly because that's the structure is just the skeleton <clears throat> of the show, right, or the movie. And if you're really, um, if you can, if you can recognize those patterns, you see them all the time. Right. The, the thing that makes them different is who the characters are. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember like, you know, like if you go watch the movie Resident Evil, mm-hmm. the first movie with uh, Mila Jovovich, right? Mm-hmm. If you watch that movie, I mean, I was watching it and I was like... Which is the only one I like. I can't stand the rest of them. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm watching the movie. I'm just like maybe 15, I don't know. Like, but, like by the first act break, I'm like, this is Aliens. Mm. This is aliens. Like every beat is the same right. beat that happened in aliens. Mm-hmm. It's just mm-hmm. the, the setting is different. Mm-hmm. The characters are different, and, the, and their circumstances is is was is, is right. was different. Um, <laughs> she has a lot more ability than yeah, than, <laughs> than, you know. But right. the way it all kind of comes together, that team comes together. She's the outsider. Mm-hmm. They go into this place. They all get slaughtered. You know, there's they got to. It's all it's just like it's oh shit. That's just you know, and it's no knockoff right. of that guy that that whatever is that. 
that PT and it's not Paul Thomas Anderson, but it is mm-hmm. Paul Thomas Anderson. Um, there's no knock to him because he fucking spawned three or four sequels off his movie, mm-hmm. yeah. and you know, and oddly the sequels to Resident Evil are better than the Alien sequels. Um, but it's just <clears throat> that's what you need to do because once you have the structure down, and it's hard to get the structure. It's really hard to because everyone fights against it and thinks that it's a straitjacket and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it's not necessarily a formula because if it's a formula, then it becomes formulaic. And therefore, it becomes predictable. But it just gives you... But it's just... Like I said, it's the skeleton. And everybody that you know has a skeleton. But how the flesh sits on the skeleton determines why they're different than, than everybody else. Mm-hmm. And, that, and the flesh is where you have your creativity. That's a There's good analogy. A, <clears throat> I was thinking about when you were talking about going back to do your... I call it the theme character pass. Um, I just did it last... I was sitting here yesterday from like 2 to like 10.30 at night last night just doing nothing but theme and character, right? Yeah. And uh, so I sent it to Pam yesterday for this new project mm-hmm. we're doing with, um, sh- with Sherry. Mm-hmm. And so um, I literally... I was watching Friday night. I went back and watched the pilot to um, Mr. Inbetween, which is on FX. It's a new series. And he's... You know, we've we've seen this show before where there's somebody who's a hitman, he's got a family, you know, yada, yada, yada. But they made him kind of pathetic, right? So I just started watching it and slowing it down, seeing where we were in the script to see, like, wait a minute, what are they doing? Why do I like this dude so much? You know, mm. nothing special about him at all. But ah, I love his relationship with his daughter. Ah, I love how they do these little things where... He's at a park, he's throwing the ball with his dog, and a beautiful girl comes over with her dog, and she's clearly hitting on him, and he's so pathetic, he didn't even realize she was doing it. Mm. So later mm. on, we see him watching her as she leaves, and he's like, fuck, I fucked it. I'm, yeah. I messed up. I didn't have, right? yeah. She, so yeah, you she, like him, she gave me despite the, the fact he just killed somebody a minute ago. Uh, right? <laughs> and then he's at home, and these are some spoilers for those of you who haven't seen it. So he goes home, and he's, like, sitting there just pathetic, you know, eating a bowl of cereal, watching TV with his dog. And he gets up and looks out the window. He sees a cute couple walk by, and he's like, fuck, I, that could have been me. But see, the cute couple thing is exactly, necessary. It's exactly. necessary to, to, to hammer it home like you fucked up. Exactly. And then he turns to his dog and goes, I know. Yeah, I fucking blew it. I should have just asked for a number. Right? You know what I mean? And, mm. and, 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 and it's a save the cat type of a moment in the sense. It's like a reversal in that the dog is helping him. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And it makes you go, oh, my God, this dude is so, he's such a human being. You know, he's just doing his job, and his job is to kill, kill people. Kill people if if that's what they or break their fingers or whatever it is you have them do. And um, um, so I went back through my script and I started thinking about what little things could I do to color it even more. And I had this vision of Scruncho, you know, sitting there um, with his daughters, and and they're say, they're saying a prayer, and. At first, it's like, in, in God, you know, do this and this, and then the kids repeat it, and then the kids repeat it, you know, like a cute little moment. And then finally, and he says, in God, make sure you hook up Dad. So when he goes on the comedy show, that he d- and he does his whole little fast, you know, how he does his little talk. Mm-hmm. And then the daughters are starting to say, and he's like, wait a minute, that ain't no prayer. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I break it, but I needed a moment for you to go, oh, this dude is cute. You right, know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Oh, they have a nice little. So I went through the script again and just painted those type of moments. You got to do that. You feel me? You, you, yeah. I mean, right. I mean, you have mm. to, you have to you have to look at 
um, I mean, that's why I say to people all the time, like, some people think when I'm, like, telling them to look at other films, they think that I'm trying to, like, spoil what they've right. done. And I'm like, I'm not trying to do that. I'm just saying, like, you know, look at the other movie or look at the show. To get inspiration. And see what they did. Right. And don't copy, but just say, oh, he did this then. Mm-hmm. So, so I need a moment like this. Right. Whatever it is, yeah. and because it's because it's my show, my character, my mm-hmm. tone, everything like that, I'm not doing that same moment. But 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 that whoever it is got their shit on the air right. or got their shit financed and greenlit. So that's you know that you got to do that. I mean, yeah, I was kind of doing the same thing mm-hmm. the other day. You know, there's a new show on Netflix called uh, The Good Cop. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. And um, I mean, it's a decent show. You know, so it's it's I think it's new for Netflix for them to do a show. That feels it. It feels like a CBS show. It's a, it feels like a procedural. Oh, it's a procedural. Okay. Yeah, it's a half. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a half hour. So mm-hmm. it's a comedy. But it starts off in an interesting way, where it's like you meet this guy, and he's on the shooting range, and he's you know he looks kind of he he looks kind of bookish. He's got glasses on. His mm-hmm. suit looks like uh, his suit looks kind of tight, mm-hmm. or, 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 or or I don't know type of like it looks well tailored for a cop suit. Mm-hmm. And, but he's an amazing marksman. You know, mm-hmm. and then he gets off the, the the range, and he's just scored the high score on that range. Mm-hmm. You know, and and the and then the the guy who's whatever the cop who's there who's the the monitor says, "Oh, this is better than your dad's score because he got blah blah blah." Right. And he was like, "Yeah, but my dad probably cheated." You know, <laughs> and then and and then he leaves the next scene. He's mm-hmm. with his dad, right. who you find out is an ex cop. Who got put in jail for corruption and shit like that? Mm-hmm. And they're sitting at a light, you know, and the light has been red. And, he, and he's like, "Son, the the uh, the light's broken. Uh, so just just run it, really? you know." And he's like, "No, I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait a minute." <laughs> he knows his and dad. He's, and, he, and it's like he's like, "Just run it. We don't have time. Just run it. Just run it." And they're sitting there, and the car comes up behind him, and our star starts honking because he's mm-hmm. been there for a long time. And it's like, "Oh." He won't break the law at all, oh, but his dad, who's will. a fucking convicted, you know, mm-hmm. and it's yeah. like, bam, and it's like, right, and that's like in the first three minutes of the show. That's smart. And, you know, and it's like- That's character. Character. That's character. And I know what his unique dilemma is. Mm-hmm. He got to deal with a dad who's just out of book. jail. He's by the book. He's by the book. Mm-hmm. He's really by the book, converts to his dad, who's not. And then mm-hmm. it runs the credits, and you come back and see that his dad, for his parole thing, has to live with him. So it's like, you know, now it's this odd couple kind of situation. Mm-hmm. And I was like, and, and all that is like setting all this up. And then mm-hmm. every moment else in the, their interactions is all about building that up with him and how much he's by the book and the craziness. And it's like, that's, you know, I mean, you're reading it and you're saying, this is all the character moments. It's mm-hmm. all these little character moments that pop up right. that, um, you know, that, that is part of, that's that and, draft. And, and I bet that, and I'm sure you guys can relate to the two, these are, and we talk about it all the time. Because I think we we have a lot of similarities in the way we write, even even from where we start, in the sense that we see moments and images, yeah. you know, first. Yeah, yeah. And to me, I bet that whoever wrote that probably did, does the same thing, where he saw an image of him sitting in the car and he couldn't move, and he's like, yeah. "Oh, he's the type of guy who wouldn't." Yeah. And his dad is whatever, but he set us up by saying. Let me tell you something about my dad. So when we meet him, you're like, oh, this dude is, you know, yeah, he, whatever. He, yeah, he's a cop who cheats. Right. Okay, so, okay. Right, and I did something like that in this new script where I was thinking about Sexy Beast. Um, for those of you who haven't seen Sexy Beast, see shoot that yourself. movie. <laughs> 
that the intro <laughs> to Ben Kingsley's oh, character best. Best. is all talked about. Yeah. You don't know who he is, but they set him up. So I do this little thing leading up where there's like a little moment talking about that guy. Like, oh, don't fuck with that dude. And then another thing happens. Like, you robbed that dude? Yeah. Oh, shit. Like, we're going to yeah. be fucked up. Yeah. And then, boom, he robs him. And then next time we see him, he pulls up and he's like, yo. Uh, and you're like, oh, that's the dude that's they were the dude talking about. about. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? And so That anticipation. Exactly. You know, well, yeah. That, I did it in threes, though. You got to do that. You, uh-huh. you know what? I mean, like, especially because I just did that one of the things I was working on. I'm working on It's like I had done a draft and I took it to to my, um like, my writer's group, just mm-hmm. the vomit draft. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and, we, and, and so then we go through the scene. We read the first 10 pages and they go, oh, Bowie picks up around page seven. Right. Because of who this character is and stuff like that, and, and they were like, "How do we know who he is in the beginning?" Like mm-hmm. real fast. I was like, "Yeah, but he's not—he's not in the first page of the yeah. script. You got to—it's right. like." And I was like, "They were like, yeah, but you have all this stuff setting him up." And I was like, "And it was all kind of like action and written stuff, like he was, he, where he's living and how things mm-hmm. are set up. It just it was, it was a weird environment around him, building the world, you building the world." Mm-hmm. And 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 then my one friend was like, "Well, that's." You know, like you, you, he was like, if you look at that, like your first page, it's still black. Mm-hmm. How do you? I was like, yeah, but I'm trying to set this thing, and they're like, you got to figure out a way to um, break that up. It can't be so black on that page because mm-hmm. the executive is going to read it and go, you know, the first line of dialogue like doesn't tell me anything. It's in mm-hmm. the middle of the page, and blah, blah blah. And I was like, fuck, how do I do this? And then, and and then I was like, and I got to say why he's cool in the beginning. Mm-hmm. It's the first thing that's got to happen. And I was like, oh, I'll tell you who does this really well, Aaron Sorkin. Mm-hmm. Sorkin will do something where he starts on black and people are talking right. and they're explaining something either about the world or about themselves or something kind of crazy and then it'll, and it'll be like a quick exchange and then we fade into a scene. And I was like, I'm just going to do that. And, 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 and I'm doing the same thing you do. It's mm-hmm. like these two people are talking and they're saying how, like this, the main character, how dope he is. Mm-hmm. You know, how, oh, he's dope as fuck. You got to watch out for him. He's fucking cool as shit. And 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 the, and then there and there's the banter. Like, is he that dope, really? Because I don't think he's that dope. Right. Oh, believe me, he's that dope. And you know, it's not for me to know how dope he is, but just I, I know he's that dope. And then you meet the guy, and he's like, he's he's living foul. Mm-hmm. You know, and you're like, okay, if, how is he that dope? He was living foul. You know, mm-hmm. but the way he's but the way he approaches them. Is how dope he is. Right. He's like sneaks up to them and they're like, "Oh shit, where the fuck you come from?" Mm-hmm, you know, because yeah. it's an investigative show. So I was like, "But you had to do that. You had to kind of figure out how to like." It's just and uh, and that's mainly because in the rewrite, I didn't convey early enough in the beginning how cool he is, and it's that moment of just like, and I do it in threes. Yeah, mm-hmm. I do it in threes like early on, bam, 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 so that everyone knows. Because if you say it one time, then maybe you everyone, don't you don't log it in. You don't remember. Yeah, you don't right. log it. You know. Um. Yeah, it's just you know you just gotta do it. Mm-hmm. Gotta, it's crazy. Go ahead. Cool. What? No, I was just watching you guys doing the back and forth. It was kind of cool. Was, we were, we was we yeah, were just we was, was, was at the ping pong table. <laughs> I stopped trying. I was like, just let them go. <laughs> no, but that's good. That's I, I love that. That's cool. Um. I was. I so was you just thinking, started a new class now. What do you? What I do you also, you don't yes. say what it is, but what do you? What are you doing in there? So did you I, just smack so again? Okay. Yeah. I, I am in. <laughs> He's in a certain mode. Exactly. That's exactly He's what I was to say. Mode. I am like I w- literally woke up this morning popping. Like <laughs> I am at the in club that getting today. it in last night. Mm-hmm. Okay, so <clears throat> my class because I never took a structural class. Mm-hmm. I've always been because um, I went to school for film, but my my school. Did you take Pilar's class at all? 
I did. I took her um, pilot pitching class. Okay. The one. No, you didn't the take one her day. writing stuff. That's what. No, I didn't take her writing writing okay. stuff. But go ahead. Um, I'm sorry. But I, of course I do, Pilar. You know I love you. Um, but this one I'm taking is uh, online. It's based in New York, mm-hmm. um, and it's just a. It's literally a write the screenplay one class yeah. because what I've been learning, though I'm not. I think I learned a ton by learning by myself and mm-hmm. online, and YouTube is amazing. Um, I always feel like there's like little things I don't know because everything I'll write will always be missing something small or something just keeps moving. Like, mm-hmm. like whenever I look at, um, and I also learned this also yesterday that, of course, as humans, we are plugging in what we know and who we are into our scripts. So. I'll plug something in. My character will be about one thing. I will learn something. I get epiphany. I get epiphanies all the time, by the way. <laughs> I do. And it, it's a weird thing. I literally got... My ex literally broke up with me because I had too much epiphanies. And he didn't have enough going on in his life. <laughs> yeah. He was like... Oh, he had to talk about his mother. And he got annoyed at me. But um, I kind of got over that thing. And then there was something else. So then my character changed. And he went... He was doing something else. And honestly, I got epiphany again, and then he changed again. <laughs> and I was just, yeah, it was the thing where I didn't, I was like, what is, <laughs> what is this about anymore? You, know, yeah. you have to, look, I mean, I'm not saying that you need to be rigid, but it's like, you do want to know yeah. what you, you know, the whole thing that makes a movie work is knowing what the character's journey is. Mm-hmm. Knowing what, who was telling me this? Uh, see, and look, I agree with you. You always learning. You, you have to always learn. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure that you know. Even the big writers, they they learn something. Uh, I remember I was reading this really great quote about that Salman Rushdie was saying. He was like, "You have to learn how to write each project. You might know what yeah. you want to write, but you got to learn what works for that." And I, that has to be the case for everybody. But it's like I love that part you, about you it. You know, like you just have to. You, Take the character and figure and 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 kind of get that going because if you're changing it because you have because there's these multiple epiphanies going on, it's going to change everything else that mm-hmm. you've designed in the story. Exactly. You know, and then I'm not saying that you shouldn't make those changes because if, if if the the new epiphany is speaking speaking to you more about what you want the sh- the story to be about, then then go ahead and go with that. But just be aware of the what's the, what's that game, Jenga. Mm-hmm. You know, you oh Jenga, you, yeah. You know, like you like pull the, out the, little the character stuff, everything like that is that's all at the bottom. So you really risking a lot pulling yeah. those pieces out. Well, I was <laughs> just gonna say that, <clears throat> like some people listening are probably going, yeah, but my character is really layered, you know. So they they keep yeah. evolving or changing, whatever. And I'm like, yeah, but you have to set things up. You have to mm-hmm. set up. Uh, for example, that's why in a lot of movies and TV shows you see a flashback. The flashback shows you, for the most part, this character went through these things, which is why they are the way they are now. Mm-hmm. It gives you permission for the character to be doing stupid shit and changing every five minutes. You know what I mean? Yeah. You see, oh, he can't commit because when he was younger, he was adopted. Yeah. Oh, oh, she can't do such and such because when you know when that happens, that happened. Whatever, whatever the thing is, mm-hmm. you know. Well, okay, yeah. I mean, okay. Take take your yes. You can be layered, and you have to be layered to make the character as 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 
as authentic to what we know as possible. But take your idea about he can't commit because he's being um, because he was adopted. So you know it's all about the commitment. Mm-hmm. You abandonment know. issues. Yeah, abandonment <clears throat> issues. So right. you know that's the thing. And then you say to yourself, oh, that might be a really great character in a romantic comedy. Mm-hmm. Because in romantic comedy, no matter what the show is, what the movie is, it's all about the intimacy. The person has intimacy issues. Right. Yeah. And, and, and the antagonist in the romantic comedy is the person that they want to fall in love with. Right. And, the, <laughs> and, and in those movies, especially in like the 90s when it was the height of all those big yeah. comedies, nine times out of ten, it is always a girl who was recently broke up from somebody who was an asshole or something, right? Mm-hmm. And the guy is a playboy. Yeah. You know what I mean? How are they, they going to ever get, get, together, get together? Yeah. You know, because Hitch is a perfect example. I think it's, it's a really good yeah, movie. It was though. a great movie. Yeah. Great movie. Per- perfect example of somebody who's whatever way, but he, somebody changes him to become normal. But right. He, but he sacrifices his friend in order to do it. Right, right. You and I, mean? I think the big <laughs> thing in Hitch, I can't remember specifically, I don't remember the exact name, but it's like he's being the damn dating coach right. yeah. because he got played. Mm-hmm. And then he's giving everybody advice that's kind of like semi mercenary, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but yeah, but you, you mean, but, uh, but and, and and that's the overarching theme, and that's the main thing that you got to say. Yes, there's other layers to it, like you know, going on. But keep that, but just de- decide that one thing, so you can figure out, like, oh, this is what's now have to, you know, that's the journey that I got to take him through. And right. once you know the journey, that you know, then you kind of say to yourself, here are these obligatory scenes I got to have, like, like later on in the movie. Yeah. So if you change that thing early on, then those, those obligatory scenes you designed now have to be a little different because the person's different. Also, remember, you're writing the pilot. Yeah. So you still got seasons for them to grow and change. Mm-hmm. So if you make them change all these ways in the pilot, where else do they have to go? Right. <clears throat> so you just have to remember, you have to decide, this is how they are now at the end. Here's the dilemma I leave them with. And then episode two, they start going on that journey for, you know, whatever yeah. it is you decide. Well, yeah, you know, it's kind of the thing about pilots is that, or TV in general, is that the characters change very incrementally. Mm-hmm. And it's almost season by season, not episode by episode. Mm-hmm. You know, so like, again, in Breaking Bad, the way... They do it the, pretty slowly. With, the way, especially, slowly. But, but if you think about it, like, 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 Walt, like, Walt is a wimp in the beginning of the pilot. Right. And he's still a wimp at the end of the pilot, but he's but he's like one percent less of a wimp. Yeah, he made a know? decision. He made right. some decisions to get on that road not to be one, but he's yeah. but he's not he's not Heisenberg right. on any level. Yeah. Even at the end of the first season, he's not Heisenberg mm-hmm. yet. You know, it's like the third season. Yeah, like he's that. not Giancarlo. Yeah, right? no, no. <laughs> but it, the character <clears throat> thing is interesting. It's like you know, what's that show I was just looking at? Castle. Mm-hmm. You know, Castle's a great show because it starts off. And you're at this thing. That's totally in the tone you're talking about. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. So it starts off and you meet this author and he's at this um, uh, book release party and you know what's fancy be- and he's a super well-paid author because of the way it's all decked out and he's like signing his name across like people's breasts and shit like right. that, you know, <laughs> and, you know, and, and, and he's got these quip lines like, you know, like call me like, 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 you know, like call me like when you're ready to wash that, you know, like <laughs> after he's written, yeah. you know, wow. and it's like, okay, this is this guy. You can't do that today. You can do that. Yeah. Seven yeah, years you do ago. Some, you do this shit today. And you're like, you're done. <laughs> <laughs> you're done. <laughs> this pilot, we're going to say no to him right now. <laughs> None of this shit. And, um, um, 
and uh, you know, and the next thing you know, it's like, okay, he's a very famous author because he's and he's so famous that he's he's cavalier about right. shit. But he's so charming, and he's about charming it. about right. it. Yeah, he's they say he's a great charmer, mm-hmm. and then you next you know, and his wife is the. Uh, publisher of the book thing it tells that in the first page and the and next thing you know it's like they're together to, to change moments at the 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 uh the podium it's like oh come on give a hand give a hand and and they walk by and and he's like bitch pig real right. you know they say that to each other like real fast wow. so you know they're okay, keeping up appearances, yeah, keeping appearances. Yeah. they got beef he mm-hmm. gets off they're still going oh what the fuck are you doing like you know like you just killed your main character after doing like 20 books of bestsellers you just killed <laughs> him this is the final and he's like, I can do better. And then she's like, I heard you haven't written in six months. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, this is a guy right. who just destroyed his ability to make money, destroyed his confidence mm-hmm. piece that allows him to act this way with women, everything like this. And now he believes he can do other stuff still. Mm-hmm. But you know he can't. He can't. And that's like three pages, and boom, and it's and his character is so defined, and what his struggle and what his journey is going to be. Because it's like, oh, if he can't write anymore, and he gave up his bestseller stuff, then he's not even then he then his identity. Yeah, is, who is he now? Yeah, is in question. <clears throat> mm-hmm. You know, that's boom, cool. You know, like and you're that. like, okay, so now I want to know, and and right. then, and then he's still fucking around at this party, and then the police show up and go, hey, and see and see what they did smartly. <clears throat> which they always do on those, you know, ABC mm-hmm. shows or any of those type of shows. Mm-hmm. By by the end of the teaser, they've asked you a question. Yeah. How will he survive? Yeah. How will he, you know, go on without being, you know, the number one author in the world? Right. You know what I mean? And then by the end of the pilot, they either answer it or they don't. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you have to figure that out. You know, what is, what's your, <clears throat> what is your, what is your question? Like I, I did something in a new pilot that I did where he lets the audience know this is, I get in trouble. Damn, there every I, no matter what I do, no matter how much I avoid it, I always find myself stuck in some shit. Mm-hmm. And then boom, you hear helicopters and you go, "Oh shit!" <laughs> what the fuck? You know what I mean? He's like, "I told you." You yeah. know what I mean? Hey, that's me. Uh, hey, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so, so, so that way the audience knows. Oh, this is a show where we're gonna go on a journey, and every week we like this guy, but. He's probably going to, he might have to kill somebody. He might have to shoot somebody. He might have to do some stupid ass shit. But mm-hmm. I'm telling you, this is the show. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, yeah. And when I learned, that was good, actually, by the way. Um, well, and also, what, I kind of <laughs> got it like that, but don't tell nobody. <laughs> but I also learned. <clears throat> what, you, what you had learned? Before today. <laughs> um, what helped me was. I realized that one, it was too close to me, mm-hmm. um, which is something also my roommate, who's a phenomenal writer. Shout out to Philip. Um, Ain't nobody. <laughs> <laughs> you will be. Um, that is too close to me. And that's also why my character kept changing. Because what he was changing, also, it wasn't really. Yeah, there was. I was trying not to make him change along the story, but like him as a person right. kept changing. Um, and what he wanted kind of kept shifting and shifting and shifting mm-hmm. and shifting. Um, but then I learned about the, what I didn't think about before was something like super objective, which mm-hmm. is kind of like the need at the top, what you aiming for, like end of life. Um, and then like an act objective, which is like more of the middle of um, what can I do right now? Um, for instance, super objective would be like to be a showrunner. Mm-hmm. Uh, my act objective would be get a manager 
And so then his objective, which would be learn how to write structure or learn how to tell a good story, a compelling story. So what I never did before that I learned now is that I never really gave him that full want, that three point, that that journey to go on. Oh, I just kept so, uh, emotionally putting myself <clears throat> into it and pulling him through emotional things, but I never had that, you know, like written down, this is the goal, this is where I'm going, this is where he has to end up. Mm-hmm. And okay. that's where I so, so two things, I'll say two Because things. it's personal, but go ahead. It's personal, ahead. Yeah. but yeah. I'll, I'm going to say two things. One... Everybody should get a copy of the Paris Review uh, art of the theatrical uh, interview with David Mamet. I just read this the other day. Oh, I think I've seen that. And uh, and so David Mamet is saying this thing about um, you know the. Diff- it'll be in the show notes. Yeah, it'll be in the show notes. Uh-huh. Um, so he's saying this thing about um, the difference between like drama and tragedy is that the, there's that dr- the the dr- the drama. Is set up in a way where it's the circumstance has affected per- someone, and and audiences are more able to identify with drama because they are able to see the those circumstances and re- recognize them either in themselves or in people that they know. But tragedy, he was saying, is it's a choice that the character has done to themselves. And people don't like tragedies because that means they got to examine their own. Or what's done to them. Done to, right. done to them. Then they got to examine their own fucking self right. in a way. Mm-hmm. And that's why tragedies are hard to pull off because, I mean, the audience is, for audiences to accept them. Right. And I was like, oh, that's fucking awesome. That's, mm-hmm. that's just fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. But the thing about what, what you're saying is you got to, and so I bring that up because you got to think about the identification purpose. Of what's going on, like how's the audience gonna identify with what's going on? The, the audience, but audience, like might not identify with your uh, emotional stuff that's close to you. That's mm-hmm. how you like make the char- that's, that's how you make the dynamics of the characters work between each other. But the thing about that super, super, super objective and things like that, that goes with that that uh, concept that you were talking about on that one podcast, the Break It Down show. Mm-hmm. It's just a great. I can't. Remember that, what, who, like where that was? Or it's the one you did where they were talking about the pilot objective and the series objective. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the mistake that people make is they don't do both of those mm-hmm. in a pilot. You mm-hmm. gotta say he gotta like complete a story in the pilot, but he's got, but it's gotta set up what that, what, what the story he's gotta complete for the series. Yeah, you know, and 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 that's kind of the super object because the the main objective is what's gonna happen in this pilot. I got to solve this killing, but the bit like again in 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 Castle, there's someone who's a copycat of like mm-hmm. like like of this thing. So his main thing is I got to solve this or help. They asked me to help solve this crime because they think maybe I did it or something about it. I got to help them solve that for this episode. But the super objective is I can't write anymore. But this real life crime shit that I'm mm-hmm. involved in, this gives me an opportunity to write. And he like writes a right. book just after that, after that first episode. Mm-hmm. And he like, and because he's friends with the mayor or anything like that, he says to the mayor, hey, put me down with that, you know, like with that girl and, and, and her cop unit so I can keep feeding myself like information to write my books. Right. And you know that those who don't, and the girl doesn't want him there because he's such a fucking, he's just, he's too much of like a, of, of like a, of like a, he's too, he's too much of a sprite for her. She's like, you just, you fuck up my whole game. 
And you know, that's, the, that's his serious objective. Right. I can, you know, tell my ex-wife who wants her money back for the divorce and shit like that, go to hell because I'm able to write books now right. and, be, and keep being a successful author, not doing the book series that you want me to do, but I got to keep solving these crimes. I was just going to say, one of the things that hit me when you were talking about how, like, it's a personal story and the characters kept, you know, changing yeah. was a couple of things is a lot of times <clears throat> younger writers were right. Like you'll have an idea, right? And if it's a personal story, then this is what just hit me. I'm not saying this is what you did or what any other writer out there did. This is yeah. just things that hit me. Um, a lot of times what will happen is you will, especially if it's personal, you will tend to not want the character to look bad, for example. So so, so if it's personal, you know the character, if it's loosely based off of you, mm-hmm. all you want to do is show how great this particular character is, you know, and how cool they are and how much they help people and how much they whatever, and they have nothing bad that they do, right? So that's sometimes why the character keeps changing. Because you're doing all these things to avoid any type of depth to the character that you've lost him, right? And that's why you have to separate yourself, especially if you're writing something based on or inspired by some story, which is like what we had to talk to Scruncho about. We're like, dude, this is inspired by you. So you might have had three kids and this, you might have one or two. You know what I mean? Just as you might have two sisters, you might have one. I don't look you know that I mean? bad. No, you got to look worse than exactly. what you think. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You might think you're really cool, but we're going back to before you became this comedian you are now. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you're still going to be dressed the way you used to. You don't have no money. You know, we got to, we got to, we got to, we got to like take these, him on that yeah, journey. You, you, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so you as the writer have to think, okay, this is loosely based off of me, loosely based off my friend, loosely based off my ex, whoever the fuck it is, and go, okay, this is an inspired story. Now, I know that this happened, right, in the story. Now, I'm making a show for everybody to watch. So if everybody's going to watch it, then I have to make decisions, right? So in order for for, for uh, uh, viewers to watch my show, I have to decide, okay, this character, that's why they say, what does the character want? What do they need? They want to get the girl, right? What they needed was the job that, you know, is going to put them in position to keep the girl. Right. It's, it's usually something very simple, right? They don't know it. To them, it's like, you know, they're going to fucking Beirut and getting in the fucking war, <laughs> you know what I mean, mm-hmm. just to get the girl. But with all they needed to do was do this one little thing, you know what I mean? It's usually something complicated. So simplify that's why I say before you start writing, write out the story to yourself. You know, write this story out. You know, how do you see it? What's it about? You know, it's about a guy who goes on a journey to do such and such, and da da da. da. And that's like could be the overall of what you see on the show. And then you go, okay, now what's the pilot about? Ha, ah, two different things, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. The pilot is setting mm-hmm. up. Right now, you can do your whole setup pilot, which a lot of people hate. Right, where it's just too much set up, too much set up, too much set up, or you can just start late into the show. You know, he's already a cop. He's not starting to be a cop and a rookie. You know what I mean? There's there's a choice. You well, know? Okay, look, go ahead. <clears throat> you made the most excellent point about it's too close to you. Mm-hmm. That's how a lot of people screw up because 
it kind, of, it kind of goes back to that one thing we were talking about, those seven points from Kurt Vonnegut. Mm-hmm. It's like, that. I think number four was like, be a sadist to your character. Right. It's like, you got to be the worst, you have to make your character the worst possible version of, of him. I mean, if that's where you are, you know, mm-hmm. or if he's a good person, you got to make the worst possible shit happen to him. Right. And you can't say, well, in real life, this happened. If you do that, you know, nothing in real life is really that bad. Right. It's not very you know, theatrical. It's not theatrical at right. all. And then people be like, motherfucker, that, I mean, you know, it might have been hurtful for you, but for it to like transcend and get the big audience you want, right. it's got to be so much bigger, right. you know? And, yeah. and I, what you're saying too about like, this is, this, is, this is my show. This is what my show's about. And we got all that out. What's the pilot? Mm-hmm. I remember someone was telling me this the other day. It was like, um, okay. So, so then maybe you go and write the pilot the way you think. All this setup, setup, using exposition, mm-hmm. too much shit. Okay, you write that, throw that away. Mm-hmm. Write episode two. Mm-hmm. That would be the pilot you go out with because you've kind of like written all the, right. the shit that, you've, that you think everyone needs to know and how we got on the job and everything like that. And I mean, that's why premise pilots are so hard because the mistake that everyone makes in a premise pilot is you still must tell me a story that has to end in that episode. Right. You just can't get him. Like, yeah, the rookies, the rookies are class example. Like, mm-hmm. It cannot be about him just, you know, like coming to the force and being uh, the rookie. It's like he, he has to be the rookie and get some, the worst possible crime imaginable mm-hmm. has to fall in his lap that he's really not prepared to deal with because he doesn't know, he doesn't know all the kind of shit. You know, if it's not that worst, if it's not like the murder of his best friend or some shit like that, yeah. something personal, something personal, mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. it's like, then what's that show about? Right. Because, you know, as the rookie, in real life, they're not going to put you on no, they're going to pull you off of a damn mm-hmm. thing. And if you and if say you just, I don't know if it's a rookie, yet, but I do want to see it. Let's just say that it's his best friend that got killed, right? He's got no ability to now pull chits on the force to stay on the case. You know mm-hmm. how they don't ever want you investigating a case too personal to you, mm-hmm. and so now Be- Beverly Hills, Beverly Hills cops, cops and, right. and so now he's fu- so now he's he's disobeying that. He's fucking up. He, he's he's you know he's doing all. I mean he he and he doesn't know how to investigate shit, mm-hmm. but he's trying to do it. It's all these things that he shouldn't even be doing as a cop, but he's got to do that. You know he's going to get him into fucking trouble. He might lose the job that he maybe needed for some reason or something like that. But he's got to do it because it's the it's the, you know he's got to solve this. He's gonna solve that case, and and just just in thinking about Beverly Hills Cop as an example, is you have to think about this: Why do you make a character a certain way, and what are their abilities? So they made, as the example, the rookie. They made him a rookie so he can handle. We haven't seen the show, right? So we're just we're just specifying, we're just speculating here. Mm-hmm. Um, is that is that you give a character an ability that is going to help them? So in Beverly Hills Cop, as an example, we've seen that, right? Everybody on this listening to the show, I'm sure, has seen Beverly Hills Cop. He's a Detroit cop who has abilities to deal with street shit, mm-hmm. right? Imagine if one of his best friends is killed and he realizes that the tie-in ends up in Beverly Hills. Well, how is this guy going to handle the straight-laced, by-the-book place? Well, he's going to go around it and do his street shit to solve the crime. Yeah. You see what I mean? Yeah. So you give that character, it's very simple, you give that character that ability you know, otherwise, if he was another straight-laced cop, it wouldn't be interesting. It wouldn't be interesting. Or <clears throat> if he had to deal with street crime, mm-hmm. it wouldn't be interesting either. Right. Because there's no fucking it's street like, crime. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> is, you know it's really, and it's really great is, is like, he does shit that the Beverly Hills, the Beverly Hills criminals mm-hmm. aren't prepared for. Right. Like when he first goes to meet Victor Maitland. <laughs> Victor Maitland. Yeah. Yeah. He, 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 you know, he's showing up with like. 
Here, take them bananas. <laughs> <laughs> he's showing up. You know, he shows up at Victor Mano's office with like a pizza. He's like, this is how I get in to this. Oh, I got a pizza for him. And then they throw him out, you know, and, and then he like dumps the pizza or maybe something else. And he walks into the guy's office with like no warrant and he's got fucked up gear on. And, mm-hmm. and he's like, this man out of here. Security comes and gets him and like throws him through the glass window. <laughs> and then he gets arrested. And he's like, I got arrested for being thrown through a window. Mm-hmm. I got arrested. You know, but he's like, can't believe it. But he's like, oh, that's, you know, and that's the. The, the conflict of the, the shit He's like in Detroit If I was thrown through a window It'd be nothing But in Beverly Hills They fuck with people Who, be, who get thrown through windows Because mm-hmm. that's You shouldn't even be You shouldn't even be in a situation That, that means you don't belong In this neighborhood mm-hmm. And they know He's causing <clears throat> so much disruption They have to arrest you Right You know It doesn't matter what for They'll ask questions later Right So all, all I'm saying is Just when you think Just honey Just think about The character And think about The story you know, the, the character is this particular character in this story, right? In the pilot, he we meet him or her in this particular situation. By the end of the pilot, they end up here that leads them on a journey to what, right? So the journey to what is the rest of the show, right? Mm-hmm. So they're two different things. I mean, they're, 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 they're the same, but the other one expands. And the other one takes time. So then you start to think, okay... Over the whole season one, here's what they grow to learn, or, or they arc at. They, they become, at first they were a scared person who couldn't shoot anybody, and by the end of the season, he's a stone-cold killer. It's that simple. And I'm yeah. using that as a rough yeah. example. Yeah, you know well, what I mean? Because I, I, I'll, I'll give you an example. There's a script I read. That there's a listener. She's seen a script for us to read. And it was a really interesting premise. Um, and I read it, and I was like, Okay, she's a good writer. She's got really good characters, but she tried to cover so much in the pilot. Like, like literally, she's got like right. a flash forward in the pilot. Like, five, it jumps ahead five years, and I was like, and it could have been in the show. I, I was like, right. oh no, 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 no. That is like the break between season two and season three. Right. You come back after five years, mm-hmm. and I was like, you set something up that was so interesting in the beginning that you covered in like three pages. That should be the whole pilot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was like, oh, like, think about what those dynamics are. Because you don't, like, like, you're never trying to solve um, the want in the pilot. You just got to solve the need, right. you know? Like, oh, he, you know what? He, he, oh, no, I'm sorry, you have to solve the want, not the need. Not like, yeah, you know what? <laughs> you know what? He wants to solve this crime. Yeah. But he needs to solve the, but he needs to be successful as a rookie because of X. You know, like that, and that, and that takes a long time. Mm-hmm. That's where a lot of times yeah. you read, yeah, they don't get their need in the pilot. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they're <laughs> on the journey for yeah, it, their but journey. They, don't, yeah. Yeah, they don't even and, know and, it. And, and, yeah, they yeah, probably don't yeah. even know they need that until right. the end of the pilot. They're like, oh, this is how I can get it back. Or this is how I can solve this. Right. Or, or, or they don't even... Are not, a lot of times, they're not even that self-aware, and they shouldn't be that self-aware, uh, but the audience is aware that that's what they got to do. Right. You know? Cool. Well, on that note, I'm going to wrap this one up. <clears throat> cool. Cool. Good, good episode. Yeah. We just yip yapping and jaw jabbing. <laughs> I'm just watching. Just getting, <laughs> what I can't. <laughs> oh, I learned something. You ain't going to worry me, Jasani. <laughs> good episode, y'all. Nice little one on some craft. We talked about rewriting. We talked about, um, uh, you know, some character want. shit. The want, talk about the need. Yeah, the want, the need. Uh, making it too personal. Yeah, definitely. And yeah. All right, there's some game in there. Cool. Where you at, Jasani? 
I'm <clears throat> on Twitter. I'm trying to be more active on Twitter now because it's the place to be. I see you starting to start to jump in every I once know. in a while. I'm trying to like retweet <laughs> and stuff, and I'm actually getting. It's funny because I get excited when anybody I even like like even likes it. Like I don't even need to retweet. Just put a heart, <laughs> and I'm just <laughs> I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> um, I am just Sonny Drew. J E S as in Sam, A N as in Nancy, I D R E W. Um, on Instagram, um, Visionary Alignment. Yes, hmm. it's long. And yeah, that's was, right. Was there already another Jasani Drew or something? Or what? what? No, I just, I just like the clever name. I used to be like Blessed Indian King. I used to, <laughs> I love bl- Black Nubian King. Mm. I, I have. Blessed. Blessed, blessed Indian, Indian Blessed Indian Well I, I think it was just Blessed Indian once And then I was like Nubian King Black Nubian King So it was Blessed Indian Like a playoff of West Indian Yeah cause I'm West Indian okay. And I'm blessed okay. Blessed Indian okay. You alright yeah. Where you at guys <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm on uh, Instagram And Twitter At uh, Unauthorized CBD mm-hmm. And the website is Back up As I said before At uh, DerekBrothers.com Cool And uh that's where I am. And I am your host, Hilliard Guest. You guys can find me on Twitter at Hilliard Guest. You can follow the show, Screenwriters RR on Twitter. <clears throat> Any questions, ScreenwritersRantRoom at gmail.com. Please follow us on Facebook. And please go on iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts. Give us a five-star review. We need that for the metrics. We appreciate the shit. Um, shout out to all the people out there who are um, um, supporting our new Patreon page. We appreciate it. Um, hopefully we'll get some more people out there helping us. It just helps us, you know, keep this shit going. Um, uh, and that'll be in the show notes. So you guys can look for that. Um, I actually did it, didn't I, Chris? Yeah. <laughs> did I miss anything? No, you did. It's perfect. perfect. <laughs> Shout out to, to the Michelle Mission. It's another podcast that specializes in black, you know, films and shit. Something like that. What is it, Chris? Yeah, the, 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 Mich- the Michelle Mission is inspired by, um, oh, it's just these two guys who are, Trying to do a podcast, I guess they're they're probably 150 episodes in so right. far. Uh, where every episode they uh, discuss a black film, and just right. it doesn't matter if it's good or bad. They just want mm-hmm. to talk about like their whole thing is to discuss every black film that's been released. Yeah, I just listened to the episode of Beloved the other day. It was good. it was pretty good. Yeah, um, yeah it's, it's, and that's a, that's ahead, the thing interesting about their thing, you know, because they. You know, although it's inspired by Oscar Micheaux, who's you know the was one of the pioneer black filmmakers, um, you know, like uh, Beloved is done by Jonathan Demme, right. who's a white guy. So it doesn't have to necessarily be directed by a black. But there's a black person. cast. There's a black cast, right. and, it's, and it's a black, black. It's about black themes mm-hmm. and things that do with you know with like with black culture, right. and not necessarily black American culture, but just black culture. Right. So, what were um, you about to say, Jason? I was gonna give a shout yeah. out also to uh, Jacob Kruger. Um, I, he's. I'm taking his class now, and I, I really love it. I already did like one class right now, but mm-hmm. I'm already like hooked. Uh, it's for Righteous Screenplay. It's his company, so RighteousScreenplay.com. They also have a pack podcast on iTunes. Um, yeah, and yeah, cool. I love his teaching. That's what's up. And since we're shouting people out, um, shout out once again. Of course, you know everybody should be listening to on the page with our girl, Pilar, um, Pilar Alessandra. And um, check out all you TV writers who, you know, are trying to get on staff or, you know, um, up to the mid-level um, level should probably be listening to Paper Team. Shout out to Nick and Alex over there. Um, it's a great show. Great show. Um, so with that, you know, we appreciate everybody listening to the show. Shout out to all the countries out there that are following us and listening and supporting us. 
you know, um, things are good. This is this is this is rocking. This is gonna drop tomorrow. Um, yep. So everybody join in with me and uh, shout out to Lisa wherever you are. We love uh, you. One day we'll see her. <laughs> She out at the damn beach Just rocking it um, <laughs> Anyway So y'all know how we do it on the rant room On the show We keep it real We keep it opinionated We keep it what everybody Black, Black Panther's, Panther's Quest. Quest Peace y'all I'ma say what I feel And I promise to keep it real Welcome to the rant room Well, you gotta be a rider till your fears are diminished and the doubts are behind ya. It's hard to grind and the business got me stressed in the rent room. We let that shit up off our chest. You know the street nerd has got no time for no caca. Sass in class, yes, that's Mr. Bolakaja. Never have to guess when you're listening to Hilliard. He gon' bring more game than a shark playing billiards. It's all about the crap of screenwriting. It's exciting when you turn an outline into something enlightening. Your pen and words are like bullets in a gun. Write what you feel, say what you want. Welcome to the rent room. Rent room.